Welcome back to the Dan Prof Show. This is um, quite an interesting op-ed in Newsweek from a professor of public policy at Davidson College named Isaac Bailey. I'm struggling with my Christianity after Trump. He's struggling with his Christianity after Trump, writing, I'm struggling to hold fast to my Christianity because of Donald Trump, not exactly Trump himself, but the undying support of the self-professed Christian pro-life movement that he enjoyed. My faith is in tatters because of that alliance. And he's really talking about the white evangelical church mainly. And I'm constantly wondering if I'm directly complicit because I dedicated my life to the same Jesus the insurrectionists pray to in the Capitol building after ransacking it and promising to kill those who didn't do their bidding. Hmm. And you um, pray to the same Jesus that's invoked by the pro-abortion, uh, pro-death-with-dignity, euthanasia, leftists too. I mean, Jesus can be invoked by a lot of people for cover for things that are not Christ-like. Wouldn't you agree, Professor? So what's so complicated? And what's so complicated about sort of an imperfect vessel being one that, out of necessity, pro-lifers and Christians hitch their wagons to for a temporary period of time in order to advance their worldview, in order to advance the position you say you hold, which is one of the sanctity of human life from the womb to the tomb. Huh. He continues, if Christianity can convince so many to follow a man like Trump almost worshipfully, what good is it really? So because Trump was elected president, Christians supported Trump, what good is it really? What good is the faith? The faith is undermined by a political outcome, by an election. It'd be interesting, actually, to go chapter and verse on policies. He offers some policies in support of his open wondering about his faith, which I'll get to, but... Um, Things like the Abraham Accords. I mean, th this is the same uh, Trump of of flawed character that he's criticizing, generally speaking. What about when Trump was the vehicle for policies that advanced peace in our world? Uh, like, I think almost unanimously, there would be agreement that the Abraham Accords did, for example. Hmm. I uh, say all of this, he writes, as someone who has been Christian all my life, who spent two decades praying in a white evangelical church, how could our faith have allowed this, encouraged it, enabled so much violence and so much death? Well, I, again, I mean, I, he's sort of being, I mean, this is a professor at Davidson College. This is not an unsophisticated person. So I can only assume he's being a bit disingenuous or he's sort of cherry-picking the landscape. The choice was between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And what was the record of Hillary Clinton when it came to destruction and death and policies uh, that advanced destruction and death, whether it was war in the Middle East or uh, leaving Americans to die in Benghazi and lying about it, or pro-abortion, pro-euthanasia positions, on-again, off-again support for the death penalty? What about uh, the... Uh, 1994 crime bill that's so criticized, particularly by black Americans, that uh, Joe Biden had to navigate in order to win the presidency, didn't he? Well, that was a Clinton-era legislative measure, wasn't it? Um, very stilted is his analysis of not only the choices that were made, but the choices that were available to Christian Americans. He uh, goes on to also, just on the pro-life thing, this is really interesting. Well, first, I mean, sort of belying his uh, political disposition as seemingly a social justice evangelical. Uh, I don't know how you otherwise reconcile his stated exploration, personal reflection on his faith with a statement like, 
He, Trump, presided over more than 460,000 COVID-19 deaths, far outpacing any other industrialized country. Well, without getting into the particulars about uh, per capita and so forth, the idea that that carnage caused by a virus is laid at the foot, at the feet of any one man is just absurd. Any more than I would lay the death toll from Ebola or H1N1 at the feet of President Obama. It's just ridiculous. He talks about um, a man who picked up an AR-15-style assault rifle and committed a massacre in the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh after becoming convinced Jews were responsible for the despised caravan of vulnerable brown people. Right. You'll recall the rabbi of that synagogue welcomed President Trump's visit with open arms, despite some who didn't, and appreciated what President Trump had to say. The, The rabbi of the Tree of Life Synagogue did not lay blame at President Trump's feet. I wonder if Professor Bailey would lay blame at Bernie Sanders' feet for the Bernie Sanders supporter who shot up that uh, baseball practice, uh, almost killing Steve Scalise. Hmm. He, uh, and then, of course, he you know, repeats the characterization of January 6th as um, an incitement, as a Trump-incited insurrection. Talks also about fast-tracking federal executions during the final months of his presidency. I'm against the death penalty. So, I mean, I agree with him, generally speaking, on that. But um, do you want to go through Democrats and Republicans who support the death penalty, something supported by about 80 percent of the populace? And he also said this, even the abortion rate slightly increased in the middle of Trump's term, a reversal from major declines during Obama's two terms in office. When uh, they mean what, what they mean by pro-life is that Trump was anti-abortion, yet there's no evidence that putting a pro-life president in the White House drastically affects the abortion rate, which has been falling steadily for most of my life, but faster during Democratic administrations. Yeah. Well, that is um, fun with numbers, isn't it? And uh, a complete willful blindness about culture, particularly when it's uh, his community, the African-American community, that is uh, leading the nation in per capita abortions. And that's not at the behest of pro-lifers. That wasn't at the behest of President Trump, quite the opposite, which I I assume is why he's pro-life in part two, is faith plus the devastation that uh, the breakup of the nuclear family has wrought in the black community and now writ large in America generally, the combination of abortion and illegitimacy and divorce. It's just, uh, I, I hope we can get him on the show. I've asked our producer to reach out to him because I really would like to explore this given where he says he's starting from, and I take him at his word. But um, just the, the very, uh, the tunnel vision with which, with which he prosecutes the argument of why he would be questioning his faith because of our politics. I don't think he has an appreciation for where faith is in the sort of, hierarchical well not just the hierarchy the hierarchy of needs but but where it is in the hierarchy of importance your politics is subordinate to your faith your faith is not subordinate to politics so maybe that's where the confusion begins and generates so much more confusion this is Dan Podcast of the show at danproftshow.com.